0: Before we get into the podcast, I just wanna take a minute to tell you a little bit about our Rockstar Coaching Course. The Rockstar Coaching Course is not your typical coaching course, guys. This is an eight-week online coaching course that you as the box owner or head coach will go through with your entire team together. I created this course because as much as I've gotten value Over the years through courses like the level one, level two, level three, and specialty seminars, I've always felt like something was missing when it came time to translate that information back into a great class experience and in turn a successful gym. As a box owner and coach, I quickly found that soft skills like group management, relationship building, and communication skills were far more important to building a successful gym. So I created the Rockstar Coaching Course to put all those skills in a single course and to do it in a way where an entire team of coaches can do it together, not just the owner or one or two coaches going off and doing it on their own. So if you're a box owner and you're looking to develop a stronger and more cohesive team, upgrade your class experience, confidently coach less classes, and retain more members, then this is the course for you. If you sign up today, use code 7 at checkout, and not only will you receive $100 off, but you'll also receive two 45-minute coaching calls with myself to troubleshoot any area of your coaching and your team development, as well as lifetime access to the course. Head over to 7figurebox.com coaching rockstarcoachingcourse to learn more and sign up. Hey guys, welcome to the 7-Figure Box Podcast. My name is Andrew Frezza, and today we're going to be talking about how to coach more athletes in your group classes. And this is going to be a very tactical episode, a very tactical coaching episode, and I wanted to follow up on last episode because last episode I discussed having less coaches in your classes or sticking with a one-coach system longer, really in an effort to be smarter from a financial perspective and to be able to pay your coaches more, offer them more long-term career opportunities. So I want to use this episode to point out that the last episode does not mean that we're advocating less coaching in your classes. And I want to use this episode to give you some really tactical ideas to get more out of one coach, to get more out of yourself, when you're coaching, so that way when you're on the floor, your members don't feel like they're missing out because they only have one coach in a class. Or if you're still in a two-coach two system, how you can maximize every minute, so that way your members feel like they're getting a ton of individual attention in those classes. And one of the most foundational pieces that we talk about uh, in our Rockstar Coaching course that we all need to understand as coaches is that we're trying to constantly individualize the group class experience. And when we look at a group CrossFit class, one of the biggest mistakes that most coaches make is they treat the group as a group. But what we should be doing as coaches is we need to think of a group, not as a group, but as a group of individuals. And we're constantly looking at how can we create the best experience for the individuals of the group instead of simply managing the group as a whole. And sometimes as coaches, We focus too much on kind of herding the group as like cattle rather than focusing on each of the individuals and maximizing our minutes with each one of those, maximizing the experience for each one of those individuals. So in every class that we coach, our goal is to get three to five or more individualized touch points with each of the individuals in that group. And these individual touch points need to include that person's name. That's one of the key elements that really individualizes it. It's not enough to just coach from afar. It's not even enough to really coach in a one-on-one setting. We need to use people's names because that takes it to the next level. And it really feels like a different experience from what people are getting in other places, like their typical yoga class or an Orange Theory class. This is our way for us to really differentiate ourselves and step up that Community experience and that social experience and people feel really cared for when you use their name consistently and When we have small classes, it's really not hard to do that. It shouldn't be hard to do that We don't want to get complacent and forget to do that But it shouldn't be difficult in terms of having the amount of time to do that But once we start to get 8 10 15 20 plus people in a class this becomes a lot harder so what I want to give you guys is some strategies here where you can maximize your your coaching, touch more athletes as your coaches get your classes get bigger, because I don't want you to get in a position where every time your gym grows and your classes get bigger, people get less individualized attention they stop coming, they're not as happy, they cancel their membership, and then your classes get small again. You don't wanna have this endless cycle where you're constantly having to feed those classes with marketing, and then people don't have a great experience, and then those, a few people drop off and the class size kinda of drops it down again. You wanna be able to constantly add to your classes and, and maximize your coach's ability to handle more athletes per class. Okay, so, got a couple tactical tips here. The very first one is, to leverage more static positions in your coaching okay this is something that they talk a lot about in the level ones and level twos is static versus dynamic coaching it is so much easier to coach someone when they are standing still than when they're moving and a lot of times with our lifts or our gymnastics movements if we can dial in the start and finish of a movement and make that sound it's much more likely that everything that happens in between is going to look a lot better Right? When someone's deadlifting, if we can dial in their setup and we can dial in what they look like at that finish stood up position, there's a much higher likelihood that the in-between is going to look good. And if their setup doesn't look good and their finish doesn't look good, then we don't really even need to bother with the in-between until we get those dialed in. So I would encourage you guys as much as possible is to utilize static positions more in your coaching. So that way you can... Provide better feedback, it gives you more time to see things, to adjust things, and you can even coach multiple athletes at a time. If you're doing barbell skill work or you're doing gymnastics skill work, if you can get people to freeze in positions, you can go down the list and correct. You know, John, get your butt back, Susie, get your elbows up. You can go one after another and you can correct multiple athletes at a time. Whereas when athletes are moving dynamically, we really should only be watching one athlete at a time because in order to see those level of details, we need to really be focused on that person. So that's number one. Number two is to take the dynamic positions and simplify them or slow them down. And this works really well with barbell movements. So when we're trying to refine things like deadlifts and cleans and snatches and front squats. If we can work in a lot of tempo work with those movements, it's gonna give us a chance not only to see things better, which is step number one, we have to be able to see things. But number two is that we can correct things during the actual movement on the fly because they're moving slow enough to make those adjustments. So I would encourage you guys to use more tempos. Maybe you have it programmed in the workout, but where we can utilize this more as coaches in warmups, we can use a lot of tempo work. We can use a lot of static positions in our warmups to maximize our coaching. So we're utilizing the full 60 minutes to coach and getting a lot more opportunities in there. Um, We can also break things up into their component parts. So if we have people that need work with their toes to bar, let's work on their kip swing, let's work on their static hang, let's work on their scap pull-ups, let's work on the basics first um, and just dial in those basics before we start trying to master the the entire movement, okay? If we're doing cleans, let's look at position one, let's look at position two. If someone can't get there and hold and, and feel what position one looks like, and be in a strong position, then how can we expect them to get there dynamically when they're moving from the ground? So utilize those those holds, slow people down, and in places where we normally think of it as a dynamic position, let's see if we can add a tempo or a static position to it to, to maximize uh, the coaching. Actually, one thing that we've been doing recently Um, since a couple of our coaches recently went to the gymnastics seminar was for things like kip swings, which we normally think of as a dynamic movement, we've been doing more holds. We've been going hollow, neutral, arch, and having people hold for a couple seconds, and we're finding that's, that's really allowing us as coaches to improve their kip swings a lot faster because we're adding those in. Number three is finding ways to remove downtime in your classes okay so this is something i really want you to look at specifically when you have strength and skill work okay i'm a huge fan of things like emoms just for creating structure in your classes for helping to spread people out but a lot of times if we're doing emoms or we're doing every two minutes on the minute it, it spreads people out it has a good organization has a good structure but we have a lot of downtime. we have a we're we have a lot of time where all of our athletes are moving at once and then we have 30 seconds or a minute or more where no athletes are moving. And it it kind of creates a dead atmosphere in the class. But from a coaching standpoint, it's impossible to see everybody move when everybody's moving at once. And then everybody's resting at the same time so you can't see anybody move and you're kind of in that downtime uh, period. So what I would suggest is find ways to create less downtime as a whole. You still can have the rest built in but partner people up. Have people start at different minutes. Um, Do interval workouts where, you know, if you have an interval workout in a class, like a conditioning workout, have one group go and then the other group go while they're resting. You know, it might be a three minutes on, three minutes off workout. You might have plenty of equipment to fit everybody in the same heat, but by doing it as multiple heats and spreading people out, it's gonna provide you much more coaching opportunities. Um, So simple things we'll do if like we're doing an imam, sometimes we'll have one group start at the 30 second mark instead of the top of the minute, right? And we might just quickly call out, hey, if you're on this side of the room, you're going to start at zero. If you're on this side of the room, you're going to start at 30 seconds, or all men are going to start at zero, all the women are going to start at 30 seconds. Um, Another thing you can do if you have like an open window, or if you have an imam is just control the group a little bit better. So In an imam setting, you might have John and Sally right next to each other and just right before they lift, say, hey, John, just wait 10 seconds. I'm going to watch Sally really quick and then I'm going to watch you. And that simple thing of communicating to John to wait, now you see two people a minute instead of seeing one person a minute. And, you know, a lot of times we, we think about creating structure because we're trying to manage our largest classes, but I would encourage you guys to do this regardless of class size. So you're just utilizing that downtime to create as many coaching opportunities as possible. And then the fourth and final tactic here is a big one, is to maximize the 10 minutes before and after every class. So just at the base level, when you think about it, if you can add 10 minutes before and after every class, you're gonna give yourself 80 minutes to play with instead of 60. So there's a lot more time for opportunities. And I get that there's gonna be times where you're coaching back to back, you won't always be able to do this, but just having this mindset is gonna really uh, enable you to be a better coach. So when we talk about the before class period, obviously there's not a ton of coaching you can do, right? You can find out about injuries, you can find about out about how that person's current like physical and mental state is coming into today's training. Uh, You can start to help scale or modify stuff so you can start to, from a programming standpoint, coach that person. But one of the things that I think about in the warm-up and in in the 10 minutes before class is I don't want my first touch of a day, my first time talking to an athlete to be a correction. So if I'm in a warm-up and I haven't said hi to someone, I'm usually going to say hi to them first before I correct them. I think that's just a good way of setting the stage for the day and having a great relationship with that person. So if we can get all of our hellos and all of our highs and and how you doings done prior to class starting, then we can start coaching right from the beginning of the warm up and that person's going to feel cared for, they're going to get a lot of individual attention and that's going to start those touch points. So by the time the warm up ends, you already have two or three of those individual touch points. That we talked about our goal being three to five every single day at the minimum for the 10 minutes after class this is a great time to add praise or positive reinforcement or to go in more depth on something that maybe you wanted to elaborate more on in class but you guys didn't have the time to talk about or because they were in the midst of a workout you didn't want to go into that level of detail so I know a lot of great technical coaches out there are kind of missing that praise piece. They're great at giving people feedback, but they kind of miss that follow-up and that praise piece. So if you missed it during class, this is a great time to, to find that person in the room and give them that follow-up to say, hey, great job keeping your elbows up in the workout. Way to stay, you know, way to keep that position in that final set when you were tired. Or, the, you know, the of bar looked really good today. Um, way to string together those sets each time and not let yourself break down. Um, or maybe it was something in relation to you gave them a correction on their clean and you wanted to explain why you gave them that or why it was so important for them to do that and you just didn't, weren't able to do it. You know, you didn't wanna do that in the class setting. So this is a chance for you to go a little bit deeper with people, give them the why behind what you're explaining to them so they don't feel like you're just constantly shouting at them in class. You're giving them a little bit more depth on why you coach that way. And one thing to be careful on, be, after class is that you don't want to make it a mini personal training session you don't want to give away too much and and have people devalue personal training if that's something especially if that's something you sell if that's something you guys don't sell at all and you don't care to then give away as much as you you want but i would highly recommend if you're going to do anything after class keep it more verbal more discussion based and if you want to do a quick skill thing because it just wasn't clicking during class and you can do it in two three four minutes with them and give them a taste of what personal training might be like that's fine but don't take it too far where you're now devaluing yourself as a personal trainer so hopefully these tactics really help you to continue to focus on the individuals of your class stop managing the class as a whole as a group Um, What we wanna be thinking about is we're, when we have a group of 10 people, we're treating it like a personal training session with 10 people who need one-on-one attention, rather than a group that we're just trying to manage and keep safe. And if you guys can have that mindset, I think your members are gonna get a lot more out of the classes. You're gonna find more opportunities for individualized coaching in your classes. And if you're a gym owner out there, you like this content, you think your team could benefit from more content like this, I would highly recommend signing up for the Rockstar Coaching Course, where we've created exercises and accountability to put ideas like this into action. Hey guys, this is Andrew again. Thank you for listening to the 7 Figure Box Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a 5-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We're on a mission to help box owners around the world create their dream gyms, whether that means building a seven figure gym or simply creating a gym that they love showing up to each day. So please leave us a review and share this episode with a fellow coach or gym owner that could benefit from this information.